Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? It is Friday. We have got uh, one game behind us, or one game in the book here for Week Eleven, and the rest of the Week Eleven slate in front of us. Dennis is here with me. Uh, Matt is off today. Dennis, how you doing on this beautiful Friday? Man, I had the day off. Very it's nice. always a good day when you're off of work. Just been relaxing, hanging out. Uh, the wife's been busy, so I didn't have a honeydew list to speak of. Uh, working on some Cub Scout stuff for my kids, and so uh, I'm having a, a pretty awesome day. That is nice. That's what I'm looking forward to next week. Three-day work week. I'll be off at, like, I think, 10 o'clock Wednesday and then off Thursday, Friday. I'm, oh, I cannot get here. Cannot get here quick enough. And then I actually have three decent football games on to, uh, Thursday as well, I think. Uh, at least the last game will be. I know for sure in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We'll see about uh, Washington, Dallas, and uh, I don't even remember who's playing the line or the Lions now at this point. But that is besides the point. Last night we had a decent game. Uh, at least, uh, you know, a little bit looked a little bit shaky there for the first couple quarters, but it ended up being a good game here. Seattle winning 28 to 21. Murray 20 points, Drake 16, Chase Edmonds 14, Larry Fitzgerald 14, DeAndre Hopkins 10, Christian Kirk 9, and of course, everybody's favorite receiving option here on the Cardinals, Dan Arnold 7 points. Both backs were up big here, as uh, did veteran Larry Fitzgerald. What do you think of the Cardinals moving forward, and do you think they are a serious contender? I, I think they're as serious, I suppose, as 
anybody could be. That's a that's a tough division out there. And uh, I, I like what the Cardinals are going to go as far as Kyler Murray uh, can carry them. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. And, well, he didn't have, from a fantasy standpoint, a great game. He did everything that was needed for, for them. It's, uh, you know, I think the game – did not meet expectations. Uh, nobody yeah. blew up. I, I think, you know, we've seen Ky- Kyler put up 40 or 50. We've seen Russ put up huge games, DK and Lockett and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So we've seen some gigantic games come out of the players on both of these, both sides of the ball here. And we didn't get it yesterday. I, I think the real, honestly, the only real blow up that happened yesterday was on the defensive side of the ball. And, it probably occurred on most people's benches because Isaiah Simmons has been disappointing so far. <laughs> and in IDP one, two, three scoring, I don't know what the tally was, but he, he had like 10 tackles, 12 tackles and a sack. So he, he, he was the one that exploded, but you know, we don't talk a whole lot of IDP here. No, we do not. Maybe we should have expected it though. I know that they'd come out earlier in the week, said it was finally time to kind of, take the training wheels off and get him more involved. So it was good to see him blow up. He's kind of been for a guy who was as highly touted as he was coming into the draft last year. It's been kind of weird to see him, see him so quiet here. So you are welcome. Um, By the way, thank you for blowing up my uh, notifications this morning as well. Uh, I don't, I honestly, I'm sorry. I don't remember what your name was, but she posted a tweet. uh, I think to dynasty nerds asking for help about it. And oh my god, I just I I saw all these dudes posting their stuff and kind of sending things. I was like, oh, I'll post a bunch of the women in the industry that we follow that we've had some of them on our show and everything. And my god, I will I went to like go do some stuff and came back to like 60 notifications. And I was like, uh, all right, people, like let's calm down. Mute chat. So, Mute chat. Yeah, I was just like, geez, Louise, holy crap. So yeah, but anyways, yes, you're welcome. I'm I'm I, I'm glad that I saw some another tweet you sent earlier about some stuff that was going on for you. So congratulations and welcome, welcome to fantasy football. It's it's um sure. it's a lot of fun. A horrible year to pick to start playing fantasy football, <laughs> but it, it, I promise it gets better. It's it's been a bad year. Uh, on Seattle, well, I side beg here. to differ. I think you know fantasy football is like cake. Some is great, and yeah. the rest is just merely good. Fantasy football. Some seasons are great. And the rest are just merely good. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I'll agree with you there. Uh, so for Seattle's side, uh, Russell Wilson, 20 points. Hyde, 17. Lockett, 21. And Metcalf, 13 points in this one. Greg Olson is out for the year. The Seahawks definitely looked better, though, on both sides of the ball. Do you think that they are finally starting to get it right, especially on the defensive side? Uh, I don't know. I think their defense is always going to be suspect. Uh, it did look like Carlos Dunlap slid right into their lineup and played really, really well. Uh, Jamal Adams is playing well, and uh, it's good to have him back. I know there was a, a lot of stuff going on last week after it looked like maybe he didn't put in a great effort at the goal line making a tackle. Yeah. You know, I guess in real time, I think if you looked at it, he was engaged with a, another player. And, and you know, may, maybe it, you, know, you can slow things down and – they may not look as as good or as clear as it it may seem uh, when you're going full speed. I I, I think the Seattle is going to have to outscore people. 
Yeah. Uh, and their defense, it's going to have to be a situation like you know we talked about Dallas early in the season. They're going to have to out. They're going to have to put up points, and their defense is going to have to make timely plays. Losing Dak, you know, shot the shot Dallas in the foot. They're not going anywhere. But Seattle is going to be that same way. I think. I think for the most part, Arizona is going to be in that same boat. They're going to have yeah. to put up points, and their defense is going to have to make timely plays. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see uh, Wilson bounce back a little bit. Uh, two, I don't want to say bad games, but they weren't great. They almost they made you start to wonder if we were seeing the the Russell Wilson of old when he's only getting you like this nine, ten, eleven points. Obviously, bounces back here. Could have had an even bigger game. DK had that drop touchdown that hit him right in the face. Uh, so could have had even more points for DK as well, who had a better game than I thought he was going to. Uh, the last couple times he's gone up against Patrick Peterson, he's kind of gotten shut down. Uh, and again, he could have had the touchdown. He had that. Uh, it was like a 40 or 50 yard pass play call back on holding as well. So, I mean, he yeah. could have had a much bigger day overall. Um, it was cool. I get uh, being a Buckeye and all, it was nice to see Hyde kind of back out there and, and doing what he does. We always talk about uh, how he was like a thousand yard back last year for the Texans and, and dude can't seem to get into a starting lineup. So, you know, the running back position is such in the NFL now that you need guys like Carlos Hyde. Yeah. And, you need somebody that you know it, he you know he's not at Adrian Peterson level he's still more dynamic than Adrian Peterson uh yeah. is at this point in Peterson's career but you need that you need that guy that you know is a professional that if something happens you can just slot him in and he's going to go out he may not go 20 for 150 but he'll go 20 for 85 or 90 and get you that tough touchdown catch a couple passes if you need it um, you know, Hyde has turned, he's a professional and he's a journeyman. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he's going to play for five or six more years. Uh, he's not going the way of Frank Gore, or Adrian Peterson, but he's still got two or three good years left in him of being, uh, he can, he can be that bridge guy for some teams. Uh, he could be that guy that is your second stringer that you can slot in there and in a pinch is, you know, for three or four games. He's going to be serviceable, get you 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's not going to hurt you. Yeah. All right, so let's jump in and start previewing these games. We're going to kick it off with the 3-6 and six Falcons at the 7-2 and two Saints. For Atlanta, we've got uh, Matt Ryan coming in at 9, Gurley 16, Julio at 3, and Hayden Hurst at 7. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Calvin Ridley. Will he or won't he play? I did not rank him this week because I kind of think they're going to hold him out one more week. It doesn't seem like he's going to play. Um, Dennis, if he does play, do you feel comfortable starting him? And if he doesn't, who's the wide receiver or possibly tight end and Hayden Hurst that you would lean to having the, the big day? Well, uh, as of 2.15 this afternoon, uh Justin Fielder reported that Ridley will play this week. Okay. Um, I I think I, – I don't know that he's going to go the way of some of those Julio Jones uh, decoy games we've seen in the past. He may have his snaps limited, uh, in which case I don't know that you can necessarily count on Blake or Gage or uh, Oz uh, on a regular basis. I think you play him as desperation plays. But if Ridley plays, uh, I, you know, Hurst is on the upswing. He's been getting uh, a lot more attention from Matt yeah. Ryan. I think he's probably comfortably now the third option after Jones and Ridley. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. I've been hating on Hayden Hurst all earlier in the season because he's just been underperforming from what I thought, and I believe he's sitting right at like wide receiver seven right now. So he's, I'm not wide receiver, sorry, tight end seven. So he's actually having a a much better year than I want to give him credit for. It's just not the, uh, not quite the year that Austin Hooper had, but I don't think any of us expected that either, him going over there. But it, it's, I think more the touchdowns is what's kind of lacking. I think giving him the fantasy points. He's getting catches and yards, but he's not really getting those touchdowns. That's really kind of helping you win weeks, I guess, at that tight end position. Yeah, he isn't going to break you, but he's going to, he also isn't going to be a difference maker, at yeah. least the, at this point. I think, too, you know, it's going to take a season for him to get settled in, really, develop the chemistry with Ryan. I, I don't think anybody really expected him to have a season like Austin Hooper had last year. Yeah. Um, I think Hooper's having the season that most people expected him to have, uh, if they were paying attention anyways. Uh, but I think Hayes, uh, Hurst is going to be fine going forward. All right, so – Saints. Now I don't know which this is here, so you're gonna have to let me know. Because Matt, Matt Fox, obviously biggest Taysom Hill believer. I would think like him and his dad have weekly talks about how great Taysom Hill is, as much as he loves the guy. So this is either Taysom Matthew Fox Hill or Taysom Motherfucking Hill. I'm not sure which one, but we got Taysom MF Hill here on the sheet. <laughs> Apparently, is going to be the starter. We've got Kamara coming in at two. Thomas at eight and Cook at 15 with Hill possibly starting. What are you expecting from Jameis? And at this point, what do you think his long-term value is? Jameis or Taysom? Jameis first. Let's start Jameis. Then we can get work our way to whatever is going to happen with, with uh, uh, my goodness. I was going to call him Jason, Jason Hill, Taysom Hill. Oh, did you freeze up on me? It looks like it. All right, I will kick it off until uh, Dennis gets back here. So for me, I would honestly drop Thomas and Cook in my ranking some. I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Taysom Hill. Uh, We've seen him, I believe. I don't know up until this point because I don't have his stats up in front of me, but something I know Dennis references quite often is he's, he's thrown like a whopping like 15 passes in his career, I think, up until this point. Uh, so I'm not sure that that's really going to help out a guy like Michael Thomas, which kind of sucks. Uh, I, obviously, we've been hoping and waiting for him to bounce back. Me and Matt brought up just a couple weeks ago how it's kind of at that point in the season where you have to kind of stop looking at the names on the back of the jerseys and just go based on the stats. And and Thomas is not giving you the stats. So adding Taysom Hill in there as well as his quarterback really kind of makes me drop to, uh, Thomas in my rankings and honestly Cook as well. What are What are your thoughts on what's going on with New Orleans, Dennis? Oh, no, you froze again. Oh, man. You were working there for a second. All right. See if we can possibly get him back. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of what else we can talk about on there. I really can't believe that they're not going to start Jameis Winston. I wonder. I did see a tweet that came out later in the day that Sean Payton said he's refusing to name a starter. So I'm wondering if maybe that was just some kind of... I don't know. I don't know the wording behind it, but maybe some kind of thing and just getting Taysom Hill some some time out there. But I still think Jameis Winston's going to get some love. Looks like you're back now. What are your yeah? Let, let's see what happens. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. It's it's showing me with full power here. So he Taysom Hill or, or Jameis Winston. I had Jameis ranked at QB thirteen uh, going into this week, and I'm not moving him down. So. 
our good friend uh, Scott Connor, Charles Chill, uh, over on Twitter. So Jameis, his career versus Atlanta, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,499 yards, a 109.1 QB rating. Uh, to quote Scott, uh, I smell some shenanigans. So, yeah. And, and, and on top of all of that, Taysom Hill's a fucking terrible quarterback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's not, let's not beat around the bush here. The dude is not a good, he, he doesn't throw the ball well. He, he just doesn't. If they're going to run the wing tee, Taysom Hill is your guy. But if you're if you're slotting Taysom Hill in somewhere, hoping you're going to get 20 points out of him in your tight end spot or your quarterback spot or something, um, man, it could be a roller coaster for you. So I, I, I'm I admittedly am biased in the complete opposite direction of the fabulous Mr. Fox, um, but I uh, do not expect uh, Taysom Hill to be a league winner this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and and what I was saying right there, I don't know if you caught it right before uh, you came back, is that then there was a tweet that came out uh, a little bit after all that news about Taysom Hill being the starter. That Sean Payton came out and said he's not announcing who's starting. So I wonder if not necessarily walking it back, but I'm wondering if maybe we're going to see more of Jameis than maybe whatever was said beforehand that that led them to think we're not seeing Jameis Winston at all. Uh, regardless of who is out there starting, are you taking the Saints or are you going to pick the Falcons? I am taking the Saints. As am I for now, but if I really find out that Taysom Hill is starting, I might lean and take the Falcons. They've, they've definitely looked better the past couple weeks. The no, two Matt, Matt took the Saints as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I got to mention what uh, what Fox did here. Uh, the two six and one Bengals at the two and seven Washington football team. We got Burrow coming in at twelve, Bernard at twenty seven, Boyd at thirteen, and Higgins at sixteen. Again, no mixing this week. He did not practice today. I don't know if they've officially ruled him out, but he's not practiced all week. He's not playing. They they have ruled him okay. out at at some point. I mean. Why are they not putting him on IR? I don't know. I'm kind of curious at why they didn't put him on IR to begin with. He's now been out for four games. Like, I don't yep. know why they didn't just put him on IR. Maybe they didn't think it was as serious as it was, and it just kept getting worse. I don't know. But, uh, maybe, I mean. Maybe Gio Bernard has just been so much better than they expected. <laughs> and they're like, hey. Not last week he wasn't. Maybe we don't want to uh, get too high a draft pick. Yeah, I don't know. Last week Bernard was, and I wish he'd have been better. Uh, let's see. What are, I guess so without without Mixon being here again, tough defense to run on. What are you expecting out of this uh, this game here against Washington? Oh, you froze up again. All right. So for me, I think obviously I'm honestly not expecting much against uh, for Cincinnati here at all. To be honest with you guys, uh, Washington has that good front, good linebacker core, and they actually have one of the best pass defenses in the league. Uh, they were number one going into uh, uh, the weekend last weekend. I, I would imagine they didn't get much worse because they did not give up much in the air. So Burrow still is going to have to throw the ball a ton uh, in this one this week because they, they, I do think they're still trying to win games. Um, I, I trust Higgins and I trust Boyd. 
a little bit Higgins more than anybody else. If I'm being honest on that team, him and Burrow just have that connection. Uh, so I'm definitely playing Higgins, but I'm honestly not expecting a lot of points in this one. As good as Burrow's been, uh, this is not a good defense or an easy defense to put points up against. So Higgins for me is a for sure play. I'm kind of fading Bernard uh, Burrow and really Boyd. If I can, I, I don't want them in my lineups against this Washington defense. What are your thoughts on uh, Cincinnati here? Well, I, you know, Washington has a really good pass rush and they're coming in. They're going to be coming in hot. So I think that it, that bodes well for Tyler Boyd. I think Boyd has shown himself to be uh, worthy, worthy of a top 24 play each week. You're not really going to sit Boyd. Uh, Higgins has come on and is, I, I agree with you. Him and Burrow have developed a chemistry. Um, but that being said, we've seen Geo perform. And it could be, uh, you know, it could be one of those weeks because if he can get past the defensive line, you know, then he's going to have some room to operate. But yeah. the the Bengals' offensive line seems like it's starting to get healthier, and, and if they if they play well, they continue to improve. Uh, that that could bode well for Burrow. They're not going to be in a shootout, I don't think. Uh, not with Washington, with Alex Smith. Uh, I, I would expect that uh, Rivera is going to try to make sure that he uh, plays conservatively. Uh, I don't know that the 390-yard week is going to be the norm for Alex Smith. Yeah. So I, I think they'll try to use Gibson and McKissick. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I wonder if maybe it's my yeah. connection that's causing yeah. issues here. Um, So on uh, Washington side for me here, I will um, – we got Gibson at 13, McKissick at 17, McCord at 5. Uh, Washington has definitely kind of been finding their groove here, as Dennis was just talking about with, with uh, what they're doing. Alex Smith has actually been really good as well the past couple weeks um, with him kind of coming on, uh, especially with McKissick, man. Those two have had developed really nice chemistry, him dumping it off to him a lot. He's a guy that I think is trending upward, same as Gibson. And then McLaurin is McLaurin. You're you're not sitting McLaurin. Uh, Outside of those three, though, I don't think there's anybody you're even looking at. You know, maybe one more week from Logan Thomas, and I'll start to move him up toward a tight end that I'm trusting. Uh, He has had two good weeks here with Alex Smith at quarterback. Uh, So if you need him, maybe he's kind of a desperation throw in at tight end for me, but I'm not necessarily trusting him. If I don't have to, but Gibson, McKissick, and McLaurin are definitely in for me. I am going to go ahead and take the Washington football team uh, to win this game. I'm um, thinking they can pull the the win off here against Cincinnati. Both Dennis and Matt Fox are taking it as well. Dennis will be back in just a minute. He's having a couple issues, so we're going to keep on rolling to my Cleveland Browns six and three against the three five and one Philadelphia Eagles. We got the Eagles coming in here. Wentz at 16, Sanders at 6, Travis Fulgham at 37, Jalen Rager at 43, and Dallas Goddard at 9. Browns defense we've seen can be kind of a get-right defense. Do we think that they can be a a get-right game here for the Eagles? I don't. Well, I do, actually. I was going to say I don't, but then we found out the news this morning. 
And Miles Garrett, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID. So obviously, well wishes to him, hoping that he is going to be okay. Haven't heard if he's uh, experiencing any symptoms or anything. Uh, one of the best players in the league. He'll be out this week. That only helps Carson Wentz and that beat-up offensive line for the Eagles. Not having the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, storming down on you every single play. Uh, the Browns have a bad secondary. Uh, we'll see. I heard there's a chance that there might be bad weather here again for Cleveland, which is obviously not good for either offense. We've kind of seen the way it's gone the past couple weeks in the, the Raiders game versus the Browns and then the Texans game as well, that there wasn't really a whole lot of offense that was able to do much in this game due to the winds and everything going on. I'm going to try and pull up the weather here really quick. For the game, if the weather is good, though, I would expect Rager and Fulgham to have good games here. The Browns' secondary has just not really been good. It's been bad. Uh, Denzel Ward has been an absolute monster, though. So whoever he ends up locked on, I think he'll be able to kind of slow them down. Looks like rain and 47 degrees. So not too bad. It's not showing much on the wind front. Rain, for me, is not a big issue. So still could be a very good game for these offenses. Again, Ward is not a travel cornerback. He plays the right side of the field, so he won't always be on Rager or always be on Fulgham. So if I had to pick one of those, I'm obviously going Fulgham. He, he's definitely been better throughout the year. Sanders, while we do have him high, uh, the Browns' defense is good against the run. So I would be a little bit weary about expecting him to have a huge game here, though the receiving work out of the backfield will help the Browns can be beat in their linebacker core. And then Dallas Goddard, you can throw him in there. Let's see if he can continue uh, to produce, we'll see. Zertz uh, was a uh, added back off the IR list, so they have 21 days to add him back. So I imagine we're going to see him here soon. So this is kind of one of the last shots for Goddard to kind of really go out there and have it all to himself at the tight end position. On the Brown side, we've got Chubb coming in at seven, Kareem Hunt at 15, Jarvis Landry 44, and Austin Hooper 13. Seems like the formula for the Browns to win is by running the ball. Uh, we've obviously seen that with Chubb back. What does that mean for the passing game? It means you're shit out of luck if you were all in on Baker like I was. Uh, they just seem to be using that Kirk Cousins method uh, where they only allow him to throw the ball 15 to 18 times a game. And I just don't think that that's going to be enough for him to produce for you at a fantasy level, including kind of the wide receivers, if I'm being honest. Unless those guys score touchdowns, they're all going to be kind of dropped for you. So that's why we have Landry so low. You know, Hooper up at 13. Again, it's not hard for a tight end to come through for you and make your day fantasy-wise, uh, just because really outside of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller at the moment with Kittle Hurt, tight end is a uh, – you know, trash land at the of the position, really. Any any of those guys from like three through twenty six could could be a top ten tight end on the week. So Hooper, if he gets you that touchdown, he has definitely gotten more and more involved in the passing game since he's come back from injury, and even the two weeks leading up to the appendectomy as well. So Hooper's a guy we have him at thirteen. You know, you may have a better option play him. If not, I'm I'm cool with it. Outside of that, though, it's just the running backs. You want Chubb. You want Hunt, and in all honesty, I think you want Hunt more than Chubb. Chubb, while he broke the big run, that kind of gave him a lot of points along with the touchdown. I saw that he did not look that great. Again, some of that just coming back from injury, he was out for seven weeks. So you kind of expected him to have a little bit of a slower game where Hunt really looked good for whatever reason. When Chubb is in that lineup, Hunt just balls out. He had a really good game. 
All three of us are on the Browns as well to win this game. Dennis, Matt Fox, and myself, uh, which is probably bad news. Probably means that the Eagles are going to win this, which is also bad because the Browns really need to win this game if they want to continue to be in the playoff race. It is a very tight playoff race here in the AFC, something we're going to dive deeper into on the podcast Tuesday uh, before Thanksgiving. So they need a win here. It's one of those games that they should win. They need to get the win. Next up, the four and five Lions versus the four and seven Panthers. So coming in here for Detroit, we have Stafford at 13 and Hawkinson at three. Swift was announced earlier, will be out for this game. Same with Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't even know what to say for Detroit right now. I guess fire up Marvin Hall and fire up Marvin Jones because they the Panthers' defense uh, against the pass is just god-awful. So you expect them to put up points somewhere. Obviously, people who myself were Kenny Galladay owners, we were hoping we were going to get Kenny G back. This is a perfect matchup for him to come back and put up points, but he's just not going to be there. And then obviously – same thing. DeAndre Swift had that. I don't want to call it weird concussion because uh, we've heard about it. You know, maybe had a concussion, wasn't really feeling the symptoms, felt fine. And then for whatever reason, a different hit or something happened that really kind of made him realize he had the concussion um, has really affected him. It popped up yesterday. So me and Matt kind of talked about that as well coming into the games yesterday or before the Thursday night game. We were previewing stuff and talking about that news when it dropped like, hey, this is kind of a weird thing, and especially this late in the week, it's not something that you can trust or expect him to be able to play because it's so late into the week already. There's a lot of stuff they have to go through to clear concussion protocol. So Swift being out really sucks. I, I don't um, – I was really counting on him, and it hurts. Uh, after having that big breakout game, Dennis and me were talking off air beforehand uh, that uh, Adrian Peterson, when they approached him about Swift taking over the job, said you should have done it sooner. It's kind of what all of us fantasy fans were hoping for. So to see him come out and have the game he had last week and then now uh, get the injury and then the concussion and not be able to play really kind of sucks. I'm probably going to drop Stafford in my rankings too. I like Marvin Jones. Marvin Hall is okay. You know, he's not a guy I'm really relying on, but you've just got those two and TJ Hawkinson right now. And I know that it's a great matchup, but having just those two guys really kind of drop Stafford in my rankings as well. Let's see here. I'm trying to see if we can get Dennis back on here. He said he was having issues. So give me one second, guys. Bear with me. Um, All right. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. All right, well, since that's not working right there, we'll just see if we can get him back on here another way. Give me one second, guys. I'm sorry. We're having issues today. It's 2020, baby. That's what it's all about, right? Nobody can have anything perfect right now. All right, so moving on to Carolina, we've got Mike Davis coming in at 9, knowing that CMC is out. Uh, uh, I see your question. Give me one minute. DJ Moore at 24, Robbie Anderson at 27, and Curtis Samuel at 43. Which receiver steps up this week? Bridgewater is out. So we, uh, what impact does that have on the game? A lot. Uh, you know, we've got PJ Walker going out there. Is a guy that Matt Fox uh, really liked uh, from his XFL days. Was the quarterback at Temple when Matt Rule was the head coach there as well. So those two have some familiarity, and so do him and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was a wide receiver when PJ Walker was a quarterback at Temple. So. 
What I'm expecting is them using the run a lot. The one thing that's going to help them is Detroit does not have a great defense, specifically against the run. They did get a couple of their secondary members back. Um, the name is escaping me right now. If Dennis was here, he'd know, being the Lions fan that he is. But um, they, hey, there we go. Let's see if it works now. He's back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. We hopefully have got our, our technical issues figured out. Uh, so I am talking about the Lions and the Panthers. We were, I was, uh, we can start with the whole game here. You being the Lions fan, I, I mentioned obviously everybody got ruled out earlier today in the Swift, Galladay, Danny Amendola. So you're looking at probably Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, and Marvin Hall. Uh, we did have Stafford ranked at 13. Obviously, before we knew all these guys were going to be out, does that affect your ranking at all for Stafford, even against the bad defense? And what are you expecting from the Lions? Well, They've got Marvin Jones. They've got Marvin Hall. You didn't say Hawkinson was out, right? Hawkinson's no, Hawkinson is in. He's still playing, yeah. So they've got adequate weapons, um, and they're playing the Panthers. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not like they uh, have something. You know, they're, they're not going up against that vaunted Ravens defense or, or something. They're, they're playing the Panthers. Um, I, I think you fire up. You know, Adrian Peterson will be flexible. Carry uh, on Johnson may even be flexible. Uh, if uh, Luton gets some points out up on the board, uh, or that's not not Luton, uh, no, PJ, uh, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. If he connects with those wide receivers and they get some points up on the board, uh, then you may see a fair amount of carry on Johnson uh, if you're desperate. But Marvin Hall and Marvin Jones, Jones especially, uh, and, and Hawkinson, you know, our consensus rankings has Hawkinson at, at three. So we, we obviously feel like uh, that's going to be a good play. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a low scoring game because the offenses just can't get something going. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a high scoring game because the defenses can't get something going. Um, could yeah. It could be a crapshoot. It's not what I'm looking to, to place a bet on the over yeah. under for. That's for dang sure. Thank you, buddy. All right, so I have Mahomes, Nick Chubb, Carson, D-Hop, Michael Thomas, A-Rob, Atflex, and my bench RBs are J.D. I'm assuming this J.D. McKissick and Hines. Should I try to trade Carson or A-Rob or for someone like Julio Keenan or another RB standard scoring? I mean, yes, it just depends on who you can get. I don't know how much value Carson has right now with him being out the past couple weeks. I believe... Pete Carroll's kind of mentioned he's almost ready to come back. So if Carson's ready to come back, I think I'd honestly rather hold Carson, uh, especially with your running backs, because I would definitely want Carson as my starter behind Chubb over J.D., McKissick, and Hines. So I'd probably try and move A-Rob having – actually, man, to be honest with you, I probably just – if you can move A-Rob for like Julio or Keenan, yeah, I'd do it. But outside of that, I think A-Rob's your best starter outside of – uh, Hopkins, because we have not seen enough out of Michael Thomas for him to be playing this year, assuming this is a redraft league. Right. If if it's a redraft and being standard, if I can, I, I'd be more than happy to move. If that's McKissick and Hines, I'd send both of them if I could get Todd Gurley. Because yeah. in standard, it's all about the touchdowns. So McKissick getting 20 targets and 10 catches a game, that those 10 PPR points, you know, he, he's only getting six yards a catch. So, yeah. you know, and Hines is a little more explosive. Uh, of the two, McKissick and Hines, I'd probably play Hines over McKissick because Hines gets more yardage and he's more 
likely to get a touchdown, I think, on, on a pass play. Uh, but I'd be looking for – if I'm going running back, I'm holding Carson because when Carson gets back – we saw what they did with Hyde yesterday. He had, yeah. what, 17 carries? When yep. Carson's back, that's what Carson's getting. Carson's getting the full workload. Um, but I'd be looking for, you know, one of those uh, – somebody like uh, – um, who does it? Gurley. That's going to be getting – the goal line carries that's going to yeah. ha- has a higher probability of scoring, you know, trading a Rob for Julio or Keenan. Those feel like they're lateral moves. Uh, I think they all have that hundred yard, one touchdown capability. Um, and since you're not getting a point per reception, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bump Keenan Allen up yeah, uh, that way. So. All right, so I was waiting for this one. I wasn't sure if you are going to make it back. I was just talking about Swift. Uh, so with Swift being out, would you play Harris or Taylor? Uh, probably Harris. I have Harris in uh, this week for me. I'm who, a little, uh, who's I'm ha- assuming, who, who they I'm playing? assuming that's Damian Harris. Uh, they are playing Houston. So he's got oh, yeah. the great matchup. Yeah, so, I mean, again, Taylor has a great matchup as well. Green Bay is bad against the run, but I just don't know how much they're going to use him. So I kind of – I well, it feels weird saying this. I feel safer in the volume where he'll get with Harris will get with New England than Taylor will get with Indy because you know they Hines has been good. They've they, he's shown no reason to not continue to let him run the ball and catch the ball. So I'd love to play Taylor because I've loved Taylor. Obviously, I would imagine you probably have not been listening to us from the beginning of the year when I was mentioning Taylor is like my top 12 RP this year. And that's not working out. Uh, but uh, I, for me, I'd probably go Harris. I have Harris at nine this week. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. I, I like Harris over Taylor as well. Uh, all right. So what do y'all think? Cam Newton or Joe Burrow? I am leaning towards Cam. I am too. Uh, again, playing Houston. I think uh, the connection he's had with Jacoby Myers has been good for him. And, I would almost say he's a shoo-in for at least one rushing touchdown where Joe Burrow, again, I know they're going to have to pass the ball up, but I'm with Dennis and what he was saying. I don't see it be a high, being a high-scoring game uh, in Washington, so I don't think Burrow gets you three, four touchdowns, uh, so I'm going Cam. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close. I, I like both of them. I I think Burrow has the upside. You know, they, that could He could throw for four touchdowns. Um, I don't know that he will against that defensive line. They're going to put some pressure on him. Um, now Burrow's fairly mobile. He he gets he gets around the he moves around the pocket and he can get out and do some running. Oh, yeah. Cam is very mobile. Um, he, you know, I would expect Cam Cam might get ten or twelve carries and, and a touchdown. And you're right, he is developing a nice chemistry with Jacoby Myers um, because that's pretty much all they have. That's for sure. Yeah, so I was, I was pulling up my rankings to see how I had them ranked, and I have Cam Newton at eight and Joe Burrow at nine. So if I'm going to be a ranking slave, I'm definitely going Cam Newton. But yeah, that I'm with you. That's extremely close. I, I don't think you lose either way playing whichever one. But I think the separator for me is knowing that they continue to use Cam Newton as like a goal line back down there in the red zone and, and playing a horrible Houston defense. I, I would expect Cam Newton's going to get some decent rushing yards. See, what did I have him? I have Burrow at 14 and Newton at 10, so it would be Cam for me. All right. So if they're back-to-back, back, I, I consider it a coin flip if they're back-to-back, yeah. back, you know. 
Oh yeah, I'm with you. And that's why I said for me, I think the one that, uh, that separates them since they're back to back to me is is Cam's rushing upside. While Burrow, I think at this point is probably a better runner in his career with his beat up as Newton has been. I think I don't think they're going to use Burrow down at the goal line the way they do Cam. So that kind of gives me that slight edge. No, they're going to use some IJP Ryan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Carolina side, I was mentioning right before you came back as well. Uh, again, we know that Bridgewater is out, so we're seeing PJ Walker out there. He's has the, you know, the the history there with Matt Rule. He was the quarterback for Matt Rule when he was the head coach at Temple, and Robbie Anderson was the wide receiver there. We know Christian McCaffrey out as well. How does this cap the offense for you? Again, Lions defense, they did. I couldn't remember the name of the player. That's what I was trying to remember right before you jumped on. They just got that guy back in the secondary last week. Because uh, he's actually Tracy Walker. There we go. I couldn't remember who it was because they moved Akuda to the third spot, which was insane to me. Uh, but their their past defense the past couple of weeks since they got Walker back has been good. So I'm kind of curious as to what you think Carolina's offense could do here against Detroit. I I think that even with PJ Walker, they're going to run the same offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main difference in my eyes historically, PJ Walker is not nearly as accurate as Teddy Bridgewater. Um, And if I remember correctly, while he is faster than Bridgewater, I think he gets credit for being a lot better athlete than he actually is. So they're going to continue to do what they do. They're going to run the ball with Davis. They're going to check the ball down to Davis. They're going to work more in Samuel in the the short and intermediate routes. They're going to work Robbie Anderson down the field. You know, with the history between uh, Brady, Anderson, Rule, Anderson, and and Walker, um, they're going to try to to work on that, and they're going to let that let that settle in and marinate, and try to recreate some of that uh, college chemistry that they had. Um, how's it going to look? Could look good. Could look like they're a college team playing against the pros. Uh, I I'm not as big on PJ Walker as a, a lot of people are. Um, makes me nervous, but it wouldn't, you know, Josh Allen surprised me with becoming a lot more accurate. So it wouldn't surprise me if PJ Walker did as well. All right. Uh, who are you picking to win this one? You taking uh, Detroit or are you taking Carolina? I am taking Detroit. As is Mr. Fox and as am I. On to the six and three Titans versus six and three Ravens. We've got Henry coming in at four, AJ Brown twenty one, and John Smith at seven. What do the Titans need to do to get their offense back on track? Feed Derrick Henry, yeah. which is against Baltimore might be a tall task. Yeah, but also, but we know it just takes one broken tackle for Henry to tear off big chunks, and I, I think that. That is something that they're gonna they're gonna have to do, and if they can get, they're gonna need to move Tannehill around. Um, and AJ Brown's got to not drop the ball. Yeah, uh, they, they Corey Davis has looked good. I'm buying into Corey Davis this year, and, and I'm still buying AJ Brown. I, I get he had a terrible drop. Shit, it happens to everybody. Um, John U. Smith has been down a couple weeks. So they've got a prime opportunity. Uh, they've got a couple uh, people banged up on their offensive line, and that may create a couple issues for them uh, against Baltimore. But for me, it's it's run Derrick Henry, pound on him, pound on him with Derrick Henry, and then take shots when you got him. 
Yeah, I mean, my my uh, my advice on what their offense can do to fix itself is not play Baltimore this week. That would be helpful. Yeah. That's not a great matchup for him. But, yeah, I'm with you. They seem to have, I don't want to say gotten away from Derrick Henry, but it seems like some of these games have kind of gotten away from him. And go all the way back to that Pittsburgh game where they've had to throw the ball more, and Tannehill hasn't quite looked – the same as he did last year, even earlier this year. I am with you on the A.J. Brown thing. I mean, he has a much bigger day and a touchdown if he doesn't drop that one down the sideline last week. Uh, those are kind of the three guys. Johnny Smith, I mentioned it uh, before. I think it was last week with Matt. I, I, we have him high, but he still kind of worries me. I think he's very touchdown dependent right now due to the injuries at their offensive line. If you watch them play, they seem to be using him a lot more blocking than they are actually having him out running routes. So if he doesn't get you that touchdown, he's only going to get you like three or four points. So John Smith is kind of almost boom bust at tight end. Granted, I think everybody outside like the top two tight ends right now are boom bust, but just want to throw that out there on Baltimore side. We've got Jackson coming in at seven and Mark Andrews at four uh, with Mark Ingram back in the fold. The running back rotation is a huge mess here in going into week 10. Who would you lean on here out of those three guys or, or how do you think it will improve and who are you betting on this week in week 11? I, I think if you're starting any of the Baltimore backs, it's because you don't have any other options. Yeah. Um, I think they they should give the ball t- to J.K. Dobbins is what they should do. And yep. and they should let Gus Edwards back him up and Mark, Mark Ingram be the cheerleader and the glue guy. But J.K. Dobbins is the most dynamic back that they have outside of Lamar Jackson. And... I think they've they've fallen into a rut and they're struggling on how to get out of it. And they're looking for the hot hand, but they're not giving anybody enough time to develop the hot hand. And, and it's it's causing them to really struggle. Lamar hasn't, you know, he's going to need to take a, a step up in accuracy this off season if he wants to continue to grow. He struggled this year um, yeah. with his accuracy and. and you know, it's not like they don't have weapons. They've got Brown. They've got Andrews. Heck, they've got Willie Sneed, who surprisingly has a decent game here and there. Miles Boykin, um, Devin Duvernay. So they, they've got some people who could make some plays, but they're going to need their defense to keep it close. Yeah. If, if Henry, if Henry busts a big play and Smith busts a big play, then Baltimore is going to start to feel pressure. And when they feel pressure, then uh, they start to try to throw more than they, they're they really built to. And, and that'll create some problems unless Andrews or Brown makes a big play with the ball in their hands. Yeah, and I think you almost have to count on Andrews doing it. They just they cannot seem to get Hollywood Brown the ball. And I think a lot of that goes to what you were just saying with the accuracy issues Lamar is having this year. It's just... You know, we we expected them to take a step back. He had obviously one of the more ama- amazing seasons we've seen in a while right now. So, who? Hey, yeah, there we go. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. We 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 were talking about your boy Matt a little bit earlier. Um, I was talking shit about him, is what I was doing. <laughs> so I think uh, it's probably going to be Andrews more than Marquise Hollywood Brown. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I almost wonder it may be too late to fix things this year it'll be one of those things we're having a full off season and everything might be might be helpful for the ravens right now because their offense just does not look the same well uh, they're six and three so you know they're second in the division tied are they tied with the browns 
Uh, no, they technically have the the advantage because they beat them head to head. So they're, okay. they're tied with the Browns record wise, but they have right. the advantage on the head to head. So the, the the potential to make the playoffs is there. So they could put it together. They they need to. I don't know if who's their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. Uh, yes. I I don't know if he's you know completely re, he's re, completely redesigned the offense to fit Lamar Jackson's strengths. Yeah. Now Jackson's strengths aren't strong and, and I don't think he knows how to get out of it. He being Roman, yeah. because I think he looks at Jackson and says, well, we can't run a conventional downfield passing offense because Jackson isn't good at it. And, and so it leads when they try it, it leads to three and outs. So, uh, you know, they could put it together. They, they need to revert to what they were doing last season, and that may be Jackson running the ball 15, 20 times a game to get it back on track. So I kind of I want to take Tennessee here, but I think I'm going to go Baltimore. The one thing I will say is Tennessee's secondary is very bad, so I could see Marquise Hollywood Brown getting that one big play here, but I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, yeah. What about you? I'm taking Tennessee. And I can't see what Matt Fox did. Where did my thing go? He took Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, cool. My show sheet's not working. There we go. All right. So next up, we've got the four and five New England Patriots and the two and seven Houston Texans. Uh, New England side here: Cam Newton at eleven, Damian Harris eighteen, Rex Burkhead thirty, and Jacoby Myers thirty-two. The Patriots have really been in a groove offensively the past couple weeks. Do you think that they keep it up? Why not? I mean, it's not like they're playing a. You know, the yeah, 95 Bears or 85 Bears, you know, they're going up against Houston, who's struggling on defense. So uh, there's every opportunity for them to keep it rolling. I expect a big game out of Harris. Uh, surprisingly, what surprised me most, the most, uh, I think, for uh, about from the Patriots has been how Rex Burkhead has basically supplanted James White. Yeah, Matt Matt was talking about that Monday. It seems like uh, Rex Burkhead has become the James White, and James White's gone to becoming Rex Burkhead. It, it's, right. Which, and, and we talked about this for a little bit. We <laughs> James both, White's become Brandon Bolden's what he's yeah. become. We wondered if it had anything to do, obviously, with uh, with the family tragedy that happened earlier in the year. I mean, he he's talked openly about how that's been very hard on him and that what he's had to do to help take care of his mom. And I mean, I think any of us can understand that with, with yeah. losing a father and, and your mother being in critical condition. So, you know, we talked about it then we're like, you know, for us, it's more of just, you know, I, I was giving him props for just showing up on game day. Cause I don't know how I would be able to even handle that. So Rex Burkhead has stepped up and I think, it's going to be interesting because it's so hard to rank Rex Burkhead high, but I feel like he's the last couple of weeks continued to come through as like a top, at least wide or wide receiver running back too. But yet like we don't want to rank him up there because the minute you do it, he's going to put, give you like that four point performance. So it's, it's, it's so one, frustrating. One carry for four yards and one drop pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm with you. I'm I'm all in on Jacoby Myers. We just obviously talked about Newton with the, the question earlier on Newton or Burrow. And then, I, you know, I've been all in on Damian Harris for weeks, so it's great to see him finally getting some run here. I will continue to say, though, I think he's very um, – he is very touchdown-dependent in getting you a, a lot of points a week. He's going to continue to get the carries, and, and he does a good job running the ball, but if he doesn't score you that touchdown, he may only get you that anywhere from like 8 to 12 points based on the rushing yardage uh, because they're not using him at all in the receiving game. 
Uh, Houston side, we got Watson at 8, Duke Johnson at 20, Will Fuller at 11, and Brandon Cooks at 29. Can the Texans get any wins this offseason outside of the Jaguars? Are there only two wins coming against Jacksonville? I want to believe that Deshaun Watson can put them on his shoulders and carry them to victories, Uh, but it all comes down to does Will Fuller make the big play? If Fuller has those that if Fuller can hit those long passes or Cooks can hit those long passes, uh, then maybe uh Duke ain't it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to running the ball, you know, he, he might might have been the leading rusher in the University of Miami history when he left, but in the NFL, he ain't it. Yeah, so it's, it's not working for him. <laughs> And Watson doesn't throw the ball to the running back that much. Uh, at at consensus twenty, we're probably too high on him. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels like it's one of those games where uh, Watson probably leads the team in rushing, uh, and not designed rushing, right? Uh, getting out of the pocket, but uh, you know, we're due for one of those. Uh, Darren Fells three touchdown games. I'm trying to will that into existence because I got to start. Fels, so. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I feel you. I, I've done that a lot. It didn't always work out for me, so I hope it works out for you. Because I'm uh, not trying. feeling good. Not feeling good. It has not been working for me either. All right, uh, I am taking the Patriots. Uh, so is Mr. Fox. Who are you picking here, Dennis? I'm picking the Patriots as well. All right, so we've got um, got Claypool, Deontay Johnson. DJ Chark, Marvin Jones. I'm assuming that's T. Higgins. I would assume you're not putting Richard Higgins up there. I could be wrong, but I'm going to guess T. Higgins. And Darius Slayton, pick three out of those six. Well, I'm definitely sitting Slayton since he's on a bye. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. I didn't even realize that. So, yeah, Slayton. And and I like Deontay more over Claypool. Um I think I'm going Claypool, Deontay, and Higgins. Yeah, Jacksonville's going up against against Steelers. I don't want to play a chart. I want to find a way to get Marvin Jones in, though. He just seems like the play this week with everyone out on Detroit. But my biggest – I'm I'm more inclined if I can avoid starting two people from the same team, especially when they can be boom or bust. I, I'll tend to try to not start to. So I'm going to go Deontay, Marvin Jones, and T. Higgins. Yeah, so that's what I was about to bring up because we're actually on that game now. So who did you pick? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Did you pick Deontay? No, oh, no. For oh, the- oh. Uh, I picked the yeah, I picked the Patriots. All right, so we're actually going to talk about that game. So I'll leave this up for a minute here, Mark. You're you're a big fan of the show anyway, so we, we can kind of keep your question up here, get to it in a minute. Nine and no Steelers at the one and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got Ben at six, Connor at eleven, Deontay at ten, Juju at fifteen, Claypool at twenty-five, and Ebron at eleven. It's a couple down games for Connor. Does he get back on track? And and, and what worries me here about the Steelers game is I don't see Jacksonville being able to keep up with Pittsburgh. So this could literally be a, this could be a blowout by halftime because that defense is not going to be able, I think, contain this offense either. So my big fear in that and what Dennis was just saying as well is if they're up, say, 24, 28, 30-something to three or seven at halftime, 
they may just move this more to like a running game to get Connor going a little bit because he's kind of struggled the, the past couple of weeks, which means you're losing those points out now on Deontay and Claypool. So I'm with Dennis. I've been Deontay is the one on that offense the entire time. So if it were me, I'm going Deontay, Marvin Jones, and Higgins. What is your thoughts uh, here with uh, Pittsburgh going up against uh, this uh, bad Jacksonville defense? Yeah, I, I think it's a situation where you know, C.J. Henderson has been playing really, really well uh, for Jacksonville. So they do have that going for him. Um, but I like I like Deontay Johnson. The dude is a baller. We did see Juju kind of have a comeback last week. Well, he's he's so, been good the past couple weeks. He's really yeah. kind of started off horribly, but has really kind of come on lately. So I, I feel like there's they're getting to the point of a little too many mouths to feed in Pittsburgh, uh, unless they're going to score fifty points a game. Uh, somebody's going to end up suffering. Yeah. Uh, and if so, I agree with you. If they get up by three touchdowns, then they're going to hammer the ball with Connor. And we know that Pittsburgh. With Tomlin, with Cower, with Noel, they're a one-back team. You know, they've been a one-back team for 50 years. That's, you know, since Franco Harris. And, and I'd maybe go back further. I just don't remember anybody before Franco Harris. Uh, but they they hammer the ball with, with that one back. So I feel good about Connor getting some play. Um, if I'm going to put my money on one of the wide receivers, I'm going with De- Deontay Johnson. Uh, Ebron is a little bit touchdown dependent. Uh, he may catch three or four passes, but it seems like he's in that converting first downs role right now. Uh, occasionally he'll catch a touchdown, but for the most part, he's going to catch three or four passes. He catches four passes, you know, for 29 yards and three of them convert first downs. You know, it keeps the drive going, but somebody else ends up with the touchdown and, and the majority of the yardage during the game. So I I like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is going to run away with this. On the other hand, you know, they get up three touchdowns. Maybe Jacksonville isn't converting, but we've seen Jake Luton chuck the ball downfield. You've got DJ Chark and Keelan Cole and Chris Conley. You know, it it, it could could end up being something. That so that brings me to that side because you've really we've got we've got Robinson at eight and Chark at 26. And my biggest fear with Chark is I think, obviously, Joe Hayden's beatable. I, I don't know if that's who they're going to have on him. I still don't think Hayden travels anymore. He seems to just play the one side of the field. So if Chark's moving around, it won't be Hayden on him all the time. Regardless, Pittsburgh has a good defense. Kind of, kind of, What are you expecting out of this? Do you feel comfortable playing Chark? I mean, again, we have him at 26, so that's a wide receiver three. Uh, I just I don't know what to expect out of him. I think what you just mentioned is you're you're kind of hoping for a big play out of him. Outside, I just don't see him getting a volume play against a good defense like Pittsburgh. So you're hoping he gets that big play, maybe a touchdown or two because of garbage time. And and we got Jake Luton channeling, you know, garbage time Blake Bortles out there and just tossing the ball all over the place. Well, I, I'm all for garbage time hero. Um, I don't know if I'm going to start Jake Luton uh, in the spots. I've got him on a – I roster him on a couple teams, and and I just don't know if I have that that much guts going against uh, uh, this mighty Pittsburgh Steeler defense. I do think Chark is going to get volume because they're going to have to throw the ball. The question is, will he be able to convert it? Um 
So if Chark gets seven, eight, nine targets, converts five of them for 75 yards, I'd like to think that, you know, he's going to get at least one touchdown. Maybe it's five for 60. You know, I, I think he'll get a touchdown. But again, early in the season, uh, we did see Keelan Cole lead them uh, from the receiver position for the first three or four games. Well, I don't know if Chark was out or he just hadn't gotten uh, fired up yet or not. So I'm not con- I'm not overly concerned with Chark um, just because I feel like we're looking at a garbage time hero uh, kind of game. Yeah, yeah, I- I'm with you. And I guess uh, Matt, Matt was wondering, and we'll get quick thoughts on this before we pick the game. I can't imagine anybody's going Jacksonville here. But uh, do you think with – with the way that a chart season has gone, do you think he's a buy low for dynasty? I mean, a lot of us we've talked about, I've jokingly said when him and Trevor Lawrence are paired together, he's going to be dynamite. It doesn't look like he's going to get Trevor Lawrence though. Cause the jets, I don't think are going to win a game. Yeah, but he's going to get Justin yeah. Fields. So it is just the same <laughs> good. I agree. So, so no, I, I do. Th- you know, you buy talent, not situation. Situation can can improve uh, the production, obviously, but you want to buy talent. And if you can buy low, I think Chark is a top 24 receiver. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and so if I can go out and get him at a reasonable price, um, I am. Yeah. I'm 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 with you Will, on that, um, and we are all taking Pittsburgh. I imagine. I, yeah. I I don't think Matt put his name on that one, but I'm pretty sure he's not going Jacksonville. So we're gonna go ahead and count him for going with uh, Pittsburgh there. Next up, the six and three Dolphins at the three and six Broncos. Miami side here. We got Tua at seventeen, Salvon Ahmed at twenty three, Devontae Parker thirty one, Mike Siki at twelve. Tua won't have the uh, numbers that Burrow and Herbert are putting up, but if he keeps winning and he possibly gets the Dolphins to the playoffs, do you think he could be the rookie of the year? Because I already think he's in the discussion. Do you think he can win rookie of the year? It's Boy, I think he can. Um, it depends on how far they go in the playoffs. When do they vote? Do they vote before the it's playoffs? Before. Yeah, before the season, yeah. You know, I – Cincinnati probably isn't going to be close. Yeah. Um, uh, the Chargers probably aren't going to be close. So it depends on how much they weight the numbers over the wins. Um, I feel like if it's it, if we take Burrow and Herbert out of the mix, um, and and it's Tua or somebody else. You know, then maybe, maybe he can. But you've got James Robinson, who has had a phenomenal year, yeah, um, on a terrible team, and so at some point you have to determine. You know, would the Dolphins be winning these close games with Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, he was earlier in the year, so. Right. So I, I feel like if, if you answer that question, no, uh, you're probably, you know, blinded by your Tua love. I love Tua. He was my QB1, rookie yeah. QB1, uh, and, and I, I think he's going to be great. Um, however, 
I think they they'd have. I I don't think that Fitzpatrick would have cost them games. I think they'd have still won games. Flores has that defense and that team playing smart. Yep. Um, so then it comes down to well, is it just about the production? And if that's the case, then you're looking at Herbert to uh, Herbert. Uh, Burrow and James Robinson, I think, are the top three there. So I'd probably say no. Yeah, I don't think he has a chance to. Um, you know, I've, I've consistently said uh, wins are a team stat, not a QB stat. Um, and, and Tua hasn't – I mean, I'll be honest, Tua's played good the past two weeks. Uh, that week one, it did not look great. But then the past two weeks, he's looked good. My thing with Herbert is he's putting up numbers we've never seen out of a rookie quarterback before that we were all expecting Joe Burrow to be putting up right now, not Justin Herbert. I understand that the team's not winning, but I think if we all go and look at it, it's not because of Herbert, it's because of their defense, which is what Tua has the benefit of, is having a good defense, as you just mentioned there. Uh, so for me, I think it's it's Herbert's award to lose. He would have to go on a serious downhill uh, slide here on the back half of the season, which I'm not expecting because everybody was talking about last week being his bad game, and he's still put up really good stats, still threw for three touchdowns. So Herbert's been really good. I think I think it's his. I think it's him and Robinson, in my opinion, are the top two uh, for that award, and I, I think it's going to end up going to Herbert. Uh, on on the Broncos side here, we've got Gordon at 26, Lindsey at 36, Judy at 45, and Fance at eight. Uh, looks like Locke is going to be out this week, so you got Brett Ripping going up against that really good my, uh, Miami Dolphins defense here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Broncos' offensive chances? Well, I, I think Rippin comported himself well in his uh, appearance. Uh, he he looked. I think he did better than Driscoll. Yeah. Um, I think he makes decent decisions. Um, I, the struggle is going to be with the running game. If, if that running game can't generate any yardage to keep the Miami defense honest, you know, then you're going to have Emmanuel Ogba pinning his ears back uh, and Jerome Baker and, and Raquan McMillan and those cats uh, coming, coming at you pretty hard. Uh I think it'll be a lower scoring game because I think that's the way the Dolphins play it. So uh, unless Judy or Fant break long ones, um, I, I don't think we're in for uh, a shootout. Yeah. So that being said, I, I could see Vic Fangio saying in an effort to keep uh, Brett Rippon alive, you know, we're going to run the ball a little more, even if we're only getting two and a half, three yards a pop, we'll play field position and, and those type, that type of game. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not expecting much. I think it's going to be kind of, unfortunately, an easy win here for uh, for Miami because uh, I, I need them to lose for my Browns to have a better chance of making the playoffs here. But I think they're going to get the win here. Uh, Matt Fox picked the Dolphins to win as well. How about you, Dennis? I have the Dolphins as well. All right. Next up, the Owen Who'd you 9. pick? I picked the Dolphins as well. Yeah, I'm taking okay. the Dolphins. 
0-9 Jets versus the 2-7 and Chargers. We got P. Ryan at 31, Crowder at 29. Uh, we will have Joe Flacco playing again this week. Has, has looked better and better every single week he's been starting. We've had uh, Adam Gase come out and say that they need to get LaMichael P. Ryan the ball more, which means he's going to get two carries this week. But what are your thoughts right now on those two guys for the Jets? <laughs> I, I agree with Adam Gase's statement. Yeah. And if it were me, I would make sure that it happens since I'm the head coach and actually have the authority to tell my offensive coordinator, hey, man, get that dude the ball. Yeah. You know, Becton's been playing well. Their offensive lines looked okay. Um, I, I think that the it just comes down to – so here's, here's, here's what it looks like. P. Ryan off right tackle for five yards. P. Ryan off left tackle for five yards. In comes Frank Gore for yep. one yard punt. You know, it, it's it's maddening. Uh, but P. Ryan is a decent pass catcher. You know, Denzel Mims is playing well. Um, you know, the I, I think it's safe to say we are not going to experience a Chris Herndon breakout. Um, so, you know, and – Crowder and Braxton Berrios both, um, you know, if they, they should run double slots because when those two dudes are in the slot, they're producing. They're producing yeah. like Philip Rivers in the slot, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm going to – I like Crowder this week. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Brashad Perriman continue to put up points. Obviously, had the big game last week. We'll see if it happens. Uh, the Chargers defense can be beat in the secondary, but if I had to play Brashad Perriman, it would be a desperation play. Uh, I do trust Crowder, though. Crow- Crowder's been absolutely amazing uh, this year. For the Jar- Chargers, got Herbert coming in at four. Kalen, I can't even call him Kalen Garbage because he actually played good last week. So Kalen Balaj at 25, Keenan Allen six, and Hunter Henry at six as well. Balaj is seemingly taking over the backfield. So what does this mean for Joshua Kelly? It means he must have said something bad about Anthony Lynn's wife or something. Uh, yeah, that's that's the rumors. That's what I mean, we're hearing. He's been put into witless protection. and Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. And, you know, Kelly, well, not looking – you know, he, he didn't look like the second coming uh, of Adrian Peterson or Ladaney and Tomlinson or anything. He started off the year, he looked pretty well. Yeah. And, and but man, to get pushed aside for Kalen Bellage and Tremaine Pope, um, you've done something. You're, you're missing something. Something isn't clicking. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure what it is, but it, it's not, it's not clicking for you. I, I think we're due for, um, you know, some Trent Richardson recurrence out of Kalen Balaj. I don't think we're going to – I think the the couple of good games he's had uh, are a mirage. Uh, I, I'm with you, obviously, with my nickname of him. You uh, know that I agree with you. So, so I mean, let my let my opponents roll Kalen Mirage out there and, and uh, let him get him three points this week. I, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, you that's – You know, Her, Herbert's uh, – I. I'm I'm nervous about Herbert only from the standpoint of, you know, he cut his Samson hair. So we I could know. be in for a five five interception game right now. You know, it, it could it could get ugly and, and actually you you know, Gase may come off the sideline and tackle a DB running back a pick six. Um or or Doug, Joe Douglas might. Um, you know, 
the connection between Herbert and Keenan Allen is good. Hunter Henry's playing better. Uh, they're they're throwing the ball to Henry more. Um, you know, Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton. So there's definitely some firepower on the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, at, with the way that him and Allen have been so far this year, I'm expecting a huge game out of them against this Jets team. So uh, I'm all in on Herbert. Uh, no, I'm not as worried about him cutting his hair. You know, I just think it's unfortunately – well, I was going to say all the losing. Oregon, you know, they only lost a couple games a year, but unfortunately they weren't winning uh, as much as I'm sure he hoped. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a great game for them all around. With you on Bellage, that's why I was telling everybody to go uh, south on Ahmed over over Bellage on the waiver runs this week. Uh, might have one more good game, but there's a lot of talk. Eckler will be back soon where I, I don't know when Gaskin's going to come back. So – We'll see what happens with uh, Balazs. And if he plays bad again this week, I will definitely bring the nickname back out. But I felt like he deserved, after the play he had this past week, to to get his actual name out there. I am taking the Chargers. So is Mr. Fox. What about you, Dennis? I am Chargers all the way. All right. San Diego Superchargers. Let's go. Well, no, no, the Los Angeles Superchargers now. Uh, Doesn't have that same ring. It doesn't. It really doesn't. The two and seven Cowboys at the four and five Vikings. We've got Zeke Elliott at 12, Cooper at 20, and Lamb at 33. Andy Dalton is back, and he says he feels good. Will his play be good? That is the question. I mean, it's not going to be worse than Ben DiNucci. That's debatable. That's really debatable, I think. No, it's not. It might be maybe for Gilbert. Gilbert, that's the Yes, you are correct. I mean, I got to be honest. I might play Taysom Hill over Ben DiNucci. <laughs> so, um, no, I think Dallas got – when Dak went out and Dalton came in, they struggled. It, it, it was surprising, I think, to everybody. I think we all expected Dalton to perform better. Um, missing a couple games with the concussion. I don't think it helps the continuity for Dalton, but I think Dalton is a better quarterback than he showed those first couple games. Uh, and, and they've, they've got weapons with Zeke and Cooper and lamb and Gallup. The weapons are there and it's definitely an opportunity for Dalton to redeem himself against a very ochre media uh, a very mediocre very a very mediocre um minnesota defense oh i've got the game on in the background there i see Ron, my boy rondell moore is out there i'm excited yeah. i can't wait for this I'm, I'm trying to tweet that out really quick i apologize every rondell moore is back all right Oh, that's not nice. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Is it's that a, a compliment? it's a backhanded compliment? A backhanded compliment. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I guess you know. I love I love me some Sean McVay talk. We we can bring it back, maybe. But I, you know, thank you. I guess I don't know. I, I guess thank you. Um. Anyways, now now I'm almost yeah. I, I, obviously, I hope too. Dalton is going to be better. I think that only helps out Zeke. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Cooper, you know, Cooper, as much as I love to hate on him, was looking phenomenal with, with Dak. So, and, and he obviously, he was the best-looking receiver with Tanucci as well. So, yeah. if him and Dalton can kind of get going, it'll be it'll be great to see this offense kind of getting back in step, especially with as high as we all were on this Cowboys offense with Dak. like to see some kind of, some kind of production there. 
On uh, Minnesota's side, we've got Dalvin Cook coming in at one, Adam Thielen at nine, Justin Jefferson at 14. Should be a good matchup. If the Vikings offense can do it again, they'll be back up at 500. Are you expecting them to be good this week? Yeah, that that Dallas defense isn't terrific. Um, yeah. You know, and Dalvin Cook is is he's RB one this year. Uh, him, it's between him and Kamara, and, and it seems like Kamara is getting starting to get dinged up uh, as he tends to do. And uh, Cook is looking phenomenal. You know, it's funny. So my son from my first marriage is about 33, 34 years old, and my fifteen year old recently called him dollar store Hugh Jackman. <laughs> that's not a bad compliment either though. You know, Hugh Jackman is a good looking dude. So I, I, you know, I'm a little bit concerned when it comes to Thielen uh, because it seems like if he doesn't get the touchdowns, he's going to get you about eight points. So he he's become touchdown dependent, yeah. um, but hell he keeps scoring touchdowns and, and I keep taking those points because I have a fair fair number of uh, shares of Adam Thielen rostered. Uh, yep. I I do like Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson looks great. He he's getting the volume. Uh, you know, I guess the last game Jefferson had ten targets. Thielen had seven. So there isn't that big of a disparity in the targets. Uh, but it sure feels big when you got. Jefferson catching seven passes for 115 yards and Thielen catching four for 45. It, it feels like a, a huge gap uh, that Thielen, you know, as long as he gets those two touchdowns, that's great. Um, I just traded for Jefferson in the league. I needed, oh, what did I need? I needed something. And I, this guy had been trying to get CD lamb. I, I had lamb and, and, I just felt like it was such a uh, it was such a lateral move to go from Lamb to Justin. Yeah. I think I think we swapped. I, I I think he gave me what, and I needed a, another player. I wish I could remember. I don't feel like pulling it up, but anyways, I ended up making the move because I needed to fill either a tight end or a a, a running back a, a running back spot or something. So, anyways, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know it is what it is. I talk, I, I complain about my fantasy teams on Mondays all the time. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Cook has been absolutely amazing. It's it's, it's crazy to think that draft season was here and and he was easily probably like the fourth or fifth back off the board and and now he's clearly going to be the one. And and I kind of mentioned to Matt, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. With the way that this year has been and how beat up CMC has been, you've got Barkley with the injuries. Zeke has just been not good. I mean, you have, as you mentioned, Kamara and Cook. I wonder if we see that huge correction coming next year, like you always see with these players that uh, kind of disappoint you and wonder if it's going to be more of like Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook is the top two options off the board uh, next year in drafts. You know, I, I think that their, their tendency to get dinged up um, may scare people off, but uh, you know we we've seen CMC and Barkley both have significant injuries this year. So going into next year, we're going to be looking at our top five running backs from this year being, um, you know, CMC, Barkley, Kamara, Cook, and Zeke. Four of the five having injuries and, and being banged up 
and Zeke just underperforming. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to watch how it starts to shake up. Uh, I just looked up that trade. I sent C.D. Lamb in a second for Justin Jefferson, Salvan Ahmed in a third because I needed okay. a running back. Well, that's not bad at all. No, it, it's it, it was it's it's a wash. Yeah, but I needed I needed a running back. Uh, so T Higgins or Brandon Ayuk the rest of the season? I'm going Higgins. Ayuk just got put back on the COVID list, so I don't even know. He's probably not playing this week with him going on the list as of Friday. Well, uh, let so, me let me riddle me this, Batman. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo or Joe Burrow? Oh, definitely Joe Burrow. That makes well. that that yeah, makes yeah. that question freaking easy. Well, it's not a question. It is in a little bit because I love Ayuk and the way that Shanahan uses him in the offense, especially rushing the ball as well. He he has a little bit of extra dynamic that that Higgins doesn't. I just think it's more of that offense as a gen. Even though Cincinnati's offense is not good, you have Joe Burrow out there. I don't think Garoppolo's coming back this year either. To begin with, I think it's going to be Mullins the rest of the year. Uh, but I would just I'd rather have Higgins paired with uh, paired with. T- what's going on here, man? Like, seriously, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, but I'm, I'm going, I'm going Higgins. Um, I, I got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, we are taken. Distant, no distant, 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 distant cousins. Like but back yes. to Adam and Eve kind of distant. Yes. But we're still, there's that connection somewhere. You just got to really go back and look for it. Uh, do we even pick the game? I'm taking the Vikings. Did we pick? I don't remember. Um, uh, Matt, Matt, win. Matt and I both took Dallas. All right. Next up, the seven and two Packers at the six and three Colts. We've got Rodgers coming in at five, Aaron Jones at three, and Devontae Adams at two. Adams has practiced once this entire week on Wednesday. That is it. Uh, are you worried about him at all in this matchup? Colts have a very good defense. How much practice do you think Devontae Adams needs? Zero, because he is an absolute stud. That's right. That's goddamn right. <laughs> so and Rodgers trusts him. Yeah. So you know there it's the you know Adams is the new Jordy Nelson and yeah. you know the the new James Jones it, it's just he's the next in line. Uh he, he's going to get all the targets uh except for two which MVS is going to take one of them yeah. for 75 and a touchdown. Yeah, um, seems like it. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh Devonte Adams is is he's just a baller, and and Rogers trusts him. Uh, he he knows where he's going to be. He puts the ball where virtually Adams is the only one that can catch it, and you know he does. He knows the game plan. Uh, tough defense or no, uh, Rogers is one of those guys that you you just he. he the de- defense is kind of irrelevant. The, he knows the defense is going to make plays, and he believes that he can make plays, and so he's going to go make plays. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Unless they come out at, at some point in time this weekend and say Adams is going to be limited in the game, he's in my lineup. He's just too – even, you know, he came back out into the game with that ankle injury and still looked okay. Uh, now they say now that he probably shouldn't have gone back out there, but he he did what he uh, did. Totally Adams fine. will be limited to goal line work, so he's going to catch yeah. three passes for 12 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take that all day long right now. Uh, on the Colts side here, we've got Hines at 21, Taylor at 28, and Pittman at 23. Hines seemed to take over the lead back last week. Do you think that continues this week? 
Let me consult my Ouija board. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Hines has what it takes to carry the ball yeah. 20 times a game. He can carry the ball 20 times in a game, but then you're not going to see him for about three games. Uh, I, he just doesn't have what it takes. Uh, I think Taylor, at some point, it's going to it's gonna start to click for Taylor. He's clearly more talented than Hines. Uh a better runner than Hines, I guess. I won't say more talented because on the receiving part of the game, Hines is is it. Damn. He's the real deal. Um, but he's more talented than Jordan Wilkins. Um, and I, as as much as it hasn't looked like this season so far, I'm going to say he's more talented than Marlon Mack. Um, I, I laugh sometimes when I see those tweets come out that are like, so if Mack hadn't got injured, would Taylor have even seen the field? Yes, yes, he would have. Yeah, he would. I don't think that. I, I, I think that he, he may have performed better from the standpoint of he wouldn't have had the pressure to step up from the get go. And while I get the whole philosophy of, well, he's a professional, he's an alpha, he wants the ball, you, you've still got to learn how the game works. You've got to get it together and, and, and sort of, understand how to the process of being a professional football player. It just takes some time. Uh, and oftentimes it takes a season. So I'm not too concerned about Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, if they get into a game where the Packers are out in front and they're playing catch up, we're likely to see a heavy dose of Naheem Hines though. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't know that we have any reason to susp- – well, I, Indianapolis's defense or defense is good. I think Green Bay's offense is better, and so yeah. I could see them getting up by a couple scores. And at some point, by the second half, there's going to – I don't I don't see Indianapolis running the ball a lot in the second half. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest separator is actually going to be the Packers' defense against the Colts' offense. I do not think the offense for the Colts is good at all. While the Packers' defense isn't great, I don't trust what I've seen out of Phillip Rivers the past couple weeks. That being said, Pittman has kind of come on. Um, What worries me, sorry, I really realize I'm all red here. They got a Reese's uh, Pieces commercial going on here in the background. I just got that game up on the big TV right now. Um. Pittman's been good, but the return of Jair Alexander kind of scares me a little bit with Pittman because I would think if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Packers, I want Alexander going up against Pittman, not Eugene Hilton. Uh, Your thoughts on Pittman this week? Well, does Alexander travel or does he just play aside? No, he, even though they played those zone uh, concepts from everything I've heard and read, uh, they still man him up most of the time. He doesn't do it like he doesn't travel the entire time like Richard Sherman used to, but for the most part, he still plays man concepts while the rest of the defense doesn't. So I, I like Pittman a lot. Yeah. Um, he's going to have the size advantage. Alexander's a bigger corner, but Pittman is a bigger wide receiver. Um, he's not quite Mike Evans, but he's he's up there pretty big. Uh, you know, the challenge will be Phillip Rivers' noodle arm. Um, they'll take a couple shots. I I think if if Alexander doesn't follow Pittman 100% of the time, Rivers is a smart quarterback. And so on those plays where Alexander might be on Hilton, 
or on the other side of the field for some odd reason, I could see those being the times where Rivers takes the shot with Pittman. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pencil Pittman in for a 100-yard game and a touchdown, yeah. but uh, I-, I like what he's doing this season, and I roster him in a fair number of spots. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, he was a guy that uh, I know you liked uh, from the beginning. I've got him on a – a couple teams too. I've got him in my lineups this week. I'm hoping for hoping for the best. But Jair Alexander is, is definitely a tough matchup. Hopefully, he gets a little uh, matchups against a couple other players, like you were mentioning, and he can put up some points. I am picking the pa- Packers, as is Mr. Fox. What about you? Packers for me as well. All right, the eight and one Chiefs at the six and three Raiders. We've got Mahomes coming in at two, Ceh fourteen, Hill at four, Kelsey at one. We have not seen much of the running game of the past few games. Will this be the time? Will this be the game that the Chiefs go back to the run? You know that I don't know that I don't know that it was realistic to expect the Chiefs to run the ball a lot, anyways. Yeah. I would have expected them when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, I probably expect them to be in the bottom half of rushing attempts in the league. And while CEH is a decent running back uh, and Lev Bell is a decent running back. Um, I, I think Bell hurts CEH's production a bit. Yeah. Um, even if right now it's still the name value that causes it. Uh Bell can still make some plays. I think for CEH, he's going to have to he's going to have to have another week one kind of game uh, at some point to restore that faith and sort of reestablish himself as the lead dog there. You know, he's a rookie and Bell is in what is sixth year, seventh year now, um, and, and he's still productive. So I can see where bringing in somebody like Lev Bell might make you feel a little bit uh, nervous uh, as a rookie. And and while you cognitively are aware that, hey, I'm the guy, you're still looking over your shoulder at Lev Bell saying, you know, if I screw up, this guy can easily step right in here and I might not see the field again for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I do not expect them to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, there was a lot of talk that, uh, Andy Reid and the chiefs were not happy with the way that Oakland celebrated and acted, uh, in their win and the upset against the chiefs earlier this year. I think the chiefs are going to pour it on the Raiders. I think they're going to pass, 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 pass. I think it's going to be a massive game for the chiefs. I I honestly think they're going to blow the Raiders out in this one. Uh, for the Raiders side, though, we've got Jacobs coming in at 10 and Waller at 2. Um, obviously, I kind of already answered this question from my side, but they stunned, the Raiders stunned the Chiefs earlier this season. Do you think they do it again now or this week? I I think they do. I, I think that they're going to try and grind it with, uh, with Josh Jacobs, who has shown the ability to, to do that. Waller is a, a trusted receiver. And uh, um, Devontae Booker's risen from the dead to become that reliable or, dare I say, dynamic pass-catching back that uh, we all were led to believe by Gruden that uh, Josh Jacobs would be as well. 
Um, if the Raiders can stay healthy on their offensive line, um, I, I think they have the, you know, they've beaten Kansas City and they believe that they can beat Kansas City. And now they're at home versus Kansas City. So I, I think it, it it could be one of those games where Andy Reid outcoaches himself. Uh, sorry, guys. Rondell Moore on his first first run there just ran it for like forty yards. It's just a great play. Already, I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the Raiders will probably be in it for a little bit, but I, I don't think that they end up winning this game. I'm I'm all Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs as well. So is Mr. Fox. Dennis, are you taking the Raiders? I am taking the Raiders. All right, on to the Monday night. That was the Sunday night football game, right? Chiefs Raiders. That was. Yep. Monday night football game, six and three Rams versus seven and three Buccaneers. We got golf at 14 woods at 18 and Cooper cup at 19. All three backs were involved in week 10. Are you trusting any of them? And if you are who for week 11, uh, I rank them Henderson Brown and acres. With that being said, not surprised a bit. If acres leads them in rushing because he is dynamic. Um, I think Brown is that Mr. Reliable kind of guy. Going to get you four yards. Uh, he's not going to break big runs. Um, Henderson is, is dynamic, can do a lot of things. Uh, I just think, I, I, I think much like Jonathan Taylor, uh, it's not quite clicking for Acres just yet. And part of that is uh, McVeigh not giving him enough playing time. And I get you have other good backs in Henderson and Brown. So it kind of makes sense to not put this rookie in there and give him the reps when he might be a little bit overwhelmed still. Maybe yeah. misreading the hole isn't quite performing up to where you needed him to be. Uh, we saw it last year with Henderson. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that the whole whole thing is just that it's not quite clicking yet for acres. So I, I trust Henderson the most, um, and part of it is because of his explosiveness. Um, I think, unfortunately, when you get inside the red zone, they tend to go to Malcolm Brown, yeah. uh, so that might limit Henderson's touchdown upside. Um, but, you know, basically, I guess if you look at uh, our rankings, uh, we're not – too high on any of the backs there, so they're yeah. at best flex plays. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay's got a really good rush defense, so uh, for me, I have it just a little bit switched for you. I have Acres and Brown switched. I have Henderson one, Acres two, Brown three. I had mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I thought coming out of the bye, they would try and get Acres more involved. That gave him a little bit more time to get more uh, in, antiquated into the offense, or not antiquated more integrated into the offense here. That's the word I was actually looking for. Um, so, and, and we saw it that first week out, he got a bunch of carries. So I think they're going to continue to try to work him in there. But I think Henderson is still the guy. He, he's he been the guy most of the year. But I'm with you. Uh, with that defense that they're going up against the Tampa Bay, I, I do think that they're all kind of relegated to flex plays for whichever ones you're going to, or whichever one you're going to use. Uh, Tampa Bay side here, got Brady at 10, Ronald Jones at 19, Chris Godwin at 17, Mike Evans at 30, and Gronk at 5. Obviously, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers had a great matchup last week, and he was able to get everybody involved. 
What are you expecting out of them here in week 11? I am going to say not a lot. I think this is going to be a tough match for them against the Rams. Uh, Rams have a very good front. Tom Brady, while he's never been mobile, is even less mobile now at uh, 42, 43, I believe. I think that line is going to be able to get after them a little bit. Um, they've got a good secondary with Ramsey and those guys. I think we'll be able to shut down the receivers a little bit. I, I don't see this being a high-scoring game, uh, and I don't see all these guys coming through for you in fantasy. I I, I would be hesitant to think that they can all come through, um, but – Brady is smart. And if he if they're under pressure, everything he does is going to be quick. He's not going to you know, if Aaron Donald's breathing down his neck after 2 seconds every play, he's going to start getting the ball out in a second and a half. And that means 6 yards to Gronk, 6 yards to Godwin. You know, it's it's 6 yards to Evans. And if he's completing every pass for six yards, well, it only takes two to get a first down. Um, and and we've seen numerous times uh, that Mike Evans only only needs one yard to score six point one points with yes. seven point ones and seven point one points in a full PPR. So it, it's it'll depend on their reaction to the defense. So. Jones might end up being the guy that suffers the most um, because if they have to go to the quick passing game, uh, we've already been shown Leonard Fournette is the the passing down back. He's the, he's the nickel back for, for lack of a better term is what Arian said. So when they're going to the passing game, it's, it's Leonard Fournette. Um, But I, I fully expect that to happen. If if the Rams are getting pressure on Brady, Brady isn't he he's not going to stand back there and take hits. He's going to get the ball out quick until they slow their rush down, and then they're going to take some deep shots. Uh, and with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they've got the tools to take the deep shots. They're just going to have to make sure that uh, they've got the defense off schedule so that they're getting the time to do it. And Brady has the, the the brains to do that. All right. I am taking the Rams as is Mr. Fox. What about you, Dennis? I am going with Tampa. All right. So that does it for us here for week 11. We will be back on Tuesday, not Monday. Uh, it's my son's birthday, so we're going to take the day off. You'll see me and Mr. Fox bright and early Tuesday, early Tuesday afternoon where we will recap the Monday Night Football game and all the other games, and then we'll be back again later that afternoon. Den is joining us as we will talk about all of the games coming up on Thanksgiving, and we're going to preview and talk about the playoff races in the AFC and technically the NFC, even though it's not as much fun to look at what's going to happen in the NFC. That, that's pretty much almost secured itself. The AFC has definitely got a lot of teams buying for a couple spots. So we're going to talk uh, with that with the three of us. So everybody, enjoy your weekends. Good luck to you in your fantasy matchups. And we will see you guys again on Tuesday. Hey, some hills of mirage. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. I came out the wall, I'm ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored.